0: what's up everybody welcome back to the keeping stock sneaker podcast i'm your host julian gray keeping stocks found on all your favorite podcast platforms and today we're gonna have a little fun we have our first returning guest who's been absolutely crushing it your guys's feedback from his episode was phenomenal i'm glad you liked the kicks you wear newsletter and today on the guest mr mike sykes how are you doing
1: i am good it is an honor to be the first returner this is this is incredible
0: Yeah, it felt right. Like I said, the newsletter is booming. The form is crushing it. And I think it's just great for the sneaker community. And this week I saw in our topic today going over this Curry signature sneaker line that we had some very interesting opinions and thoughts and figured we'd discuss it a little bit more on the podcast.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to
0: this. For the listeners, some background before we hop right into it. Curry was drafted in 2009, seventh pick. Career averages, 25 points per game, five assists per game, two steals. Shoots a ridiculous 44% from behind the arc. He's a six-time NBA All-Star, three-times NBA champ, two-times NBA regular season MVP, scoring champ. He's had two ankle surgeries and is coming off of a broken hand. Uh, And the news comes out that Under Armour keeps him on board and wants to potentially pursue this curry signature line so mike what were your first thoughts when you saw that headline i just it honestly
1: i was floored i would be completely honest you can see like i'm still kind of at a loss for words and and in just initially seeing the report because i i don't know it, it feels like the steam that the curry line once had maybe four years ago it just isn't really there anymore and so I'm I'm trying to figure out what foundation I guess Under Armour is building off of with with the potential Curry line especially when you talk about like kind of getting into the same mold as as a Jordan brand where you're breaking off and and building a new team to kind of really create this new arm of the company like that's a really really big deal and a really big task and and I'm just like I don't what ground are you standing on, was was my question.
0: I'm in the exact same boat. And I the thing that fascinates me most is from my retail experience, I understand the Curry line was widely successful in the younger and kids demographic, but it's interesting to see as performance basketball falls, that we see someone in their later mid stage of their career coming off of an injury, giving a signature line in a category that is dramatically falling. I mean, like you were saying, three to four years ago, when Curry signed Under Armour, they were soon valued at $22 billion. Now, as of today, after the pandemic and the falling sports sector and maybe some political comments, they're valued at $4 billion. So it's a a big investment in Curry at an odd stage in his career for a signature line.
1: And that's the thing, right? It's... Like, if you look at it from the two different perspectives, say, like, we're Steph Curry in the situation, like, of course, you're going to take this. They're probably offering you crazy amounts of money, a lot of attention, and you get to kind of build this own thing with your name and and mold it in in whatever image you want it to to be. Then, on the flip side of your Under Armour, it's like, okay, we're just getting out of this UCLA deal that. We may or may not have to go to court over it. We have these SEC problems over here where we had some accounting issues and we're gonna be held accountable for that potentially. And now to throw this on top of that just didn't it just didn't make that much sense to me. Um it, it just doesn't seem like the right time. And and maybe maybe Curry's not even the right athlete for this which which seems weird to say in in 2020 considering everything that Steph Curry's done but like from a sneaker standpoint like I'm just not sure that this is the guy that they should be going behind
0: interesting and I I think Curry I think Curry's a, a tremendous superstar and I think to your point to me I agree and this point in his career I think he's already defined his character his story his personality and his accomplishments where there isn't a whole lot to build from or stories to be told It's interesting that they didn't continue, you know, giving him a large offer and continuing on his line. But to those other areas that need help, it's like you have other signature athletes that I haven't really heard a whole lot about Cam Newton or Tom Brady or Bryce Harper in terms of what they do with Under Armour. And Curry's been injured. And then you're losing this money from different sponsorships that you cut off that are going to take you to court. It's just an odd time to hop into a signature line and not try to revive maybe some younger athletes to get behind and mold in the Under Armour brand.
1: The one thing that I did wonder about and and what I've kind of been continuously thinking about is maybe this was maybe this was their way of keeping him on board, because I, I do remember reading about and writing about earlier this year. Steph Curry's dissatisfaction with the way that he's been marketed with the brand and also just generally how the brand has been operating as a whole. And so I wonder if this was Steph's play of saying, "Hey, either you give me this or or I'm out." And and then if you go from there, if that is the case, which is like wildly speculative, but if that is the case, then if you're under armor, I d- I just don't know what what option I would take there. Like, I don't know if there's a good one to take there because either you lose the guy who really put your brand on the map four years ago in terms of basketball, in terms of this this hype culture, this sneaker culture, or you just bite the bullet and kind of completely start over and try to catch lightning in a bottle again. And so it, it seems like if that's the scenario, which again, it's wildly speculative, <laughs> But if that's the scenario, then that that's that's a lose lose either way.
0: And I think alluding to the performance of his shoes as well is that what Under Armour's always done has been a performance based company, whether it was, you know, under layers of clothing, it was cleats or football cleats or mouth guards or visors, and they move over to performance basketball. Shout out to Branding Jennings. You know, it's always been this highly performance based shoe. And when we saw Curry's dissatisfaction in the Curry 3, which kind of looked like a, a boot in some <laughs> regard, not selling as well as it, it hoped to be, it's because we've transitioned to the sector where the line is no longer blurred between performance footwear and casual wear. It's either performance footwear or it's a casual wear style. And the Curries aren't something you see a whole lot of people in the sneaker community or in general wearing off court. Even the kids I've seen wearing Curry's have all been on court and they've switched to, you know, a more casual shoe. And adults aren't going to be wearing these performance models from what I've seen out in public that often. You could say it's the same as what happens with Adidas and Harden and Lillard. Like those you don't ever see out in public. You just see them on court.
1: Right. That isn't a problem that is, is unique to Under Armour. I think that's a problem that is that plagues the sneaker industry, specifically in the performance sector. And I think that is, like you were saying earlier, that's exactly why it is so questionable for, um, for Under Armour to, to kind of be doing this thing now. I, I will say, though, like maybe, I guess it was twenty. 20- 17 either 2017 or 2018 when the Curry 5 dropped. I really liked that shoe and not just as a a hoop shoe like I I played ball in it. I I had the shoe, played ball in it. It was it was a good wear, but also I thought it looked really good. Like I actually wore it out to to events and and people were like, "Oh, what what are those?" and I'm like, "This is the Curry 5. Like this is a really good shoe." Right? And they're like, "Yeah, no, that's crazy. That <laughs> That's an under armor shoe, and it looks like that, like you said the the line between performance and and casual wear is is gone, like you're either one or the other. I thought that that was a really good attempt at kind of creating that line again and and now it seems to me that they have just gone completely away from that and have just kind of built yeah, you know, I don't even know what to call what their what they're building now, to be honest with you.
0: I think they pivoted to that the five model or even the six of that lower profile slim, more aesthetically pleasing after poor performance of the threes or the fours in some regards. It does make me wonder. I'm a big fan of Under Armour. As much as we're speculating about this signature line, I hope it does well for Curry as a person and you know what it goes on to be, and it adds more competitors in the basketball space to push performance footwear, but it just seems odd when you see what Converse is doing and taking these young stars that have a platform and a brand and pushing them to tell their stories where maybe Under Armour lost out on a lot of those athletes or is being discounted for some reason in athlete culture. And they're going all in on Curry, which I'm sure there will be some return. It just seems like at this point, no one's exactly sure. Where this is going to go? Is it going to continue to be strictly performance basketball? Is it going to pivot into his other hobbies of golf? Is his brother going to be involved? I'm just there's no clear path, and I think that's what we're both struggling with.
1: It seems like their thinking in this way is is sort of archaic, right? Like you, you talk about Converse, and, and we we've chatted about Converse before and what they're doing, and and it's it's really unconventional in the sense that like they're not looking for the biggest and brightest athletes on the court but like they want people who do things off of the court like natasha cloud is an activist kelly Oubre is a fashion person so is shea gildress alexander draymond green Mm -hmm. is like a, a business guy like they all have things that make them different off the court you go to new balance like darius Baisley is really entrepreneurial and he took an internship with them and is now one of their athletes. They've got Kawhi Leonard, who we don't know anything about him, but they've done a really good job of making that a thing and marketing that to us. And Under Armour is just, nope, we we have our signature guys. We're going to give them the signature shoe. We're going to put them in the commercial where they're shooting the basketball or throwing the football or hitting a baseball. And that's going to be that and And that's what this kind of feels like to me. It's like this is the this is the kind of the manifest- the ultimate manifestation of that in Curry's uh, potential curry brand like this is them saying, nope, we're doubling down on this. This is gonna work one way or another and and I just don't know if it will
0: that paints a great picture. I just spoke with the author of sneak economic Growth, Dylan and he talked about the importance of storytelling and I think that archaic approach that Under Armour has taken doesn't tell any new stories. It just tells the traditional I will type of story. And Curry's, I think he's told a better story for himself than the brand is, has. In your example, you look at Kauai. We didn't know anything about. They're using a brilliant job using the internet and their theories of Kauai and Kauai as a person to create these campaigns. For me, everything's been backed by Curry's performance at Under Armour, but nothing outside of that. And maybe that's what's boxed in his signature line is strictly going for the performance on the court as opposed to the external aspects. But part of me wonders, does the Curry line or is the Curry line bigger in hindsight if Kevin Durant and Nike don't come to the market for the Warriors?
1: That's that's a great question. And I I think about that a lot. Honestly, it's it that was such a weird scenario because you have Kevin Durant, who a year before he goes to the Warriors is a sneaker free agent, and Under Armour is doing their best to woo this man to come to 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 Baltimore and be a part of that group, and then Nike re-signs Kevin Durant. He goes to the Warriors. Now he's on the same team with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and there are three different brands in there for their four best players. And it's like if Curry is if Curry wins Finals MVP in in one of those one of those NBA finals that they one of the two NBA finals that they won is the story different? Do we see the Curry brand in a different way? Does is Under Armour just capitalizing on this moment? In the same way that they did in in 2015 when they won the first finals, like that is one of the biggest what ifs to me in sneaker basketball history.
0: And it's always been reflected in sneakers. Everyone who gets that finals MVP or that championship gets that moment in sneaker culture. Whether it was LeBron in the championship pack, Kobe's, Kawhi, they did it with KD. It's all of those players getting that moment, and Curry unfortunately doesn't get that moment and the two with KD gets a portion of that moment when Iguodala wins the MVP in their first one it's just a yeah a big what if and maybe we only have a lens on because of the past few years that KD was on Golden State that all we saw was KD because he was playing some of the best basketball of his career Curry was helping, Clay was helping, and the story was always KD at the end of the season winning the MVP and carrying the team. And it put Curry in somewhat of a a shadow as opposed to the years prior to that.
1: And when you think about the Warriors, like the story with them is still KD. A year later, we're still talking about Kevin Durant leaving the team and what Kevin Durant meant to that team and, and why he left and and whether he's better than Steph Curry or not. And I think like this was supposed to be a, a refresh of sorts for him from a, a sneaker perspective. Like this is your team again, unquestionably. This is your moment unquestionably. And five games into the season he gets hurt. And he breaks yeah. his hand, Aaron Baines lands on his hand, and we don't see Curry until March. And then coronavirus happens. Right. And so so we don't really get a full picture of what Steph Curry can actually in in the nba going on to be 31 years old now and so it's it's really hard to say i don't think this is a good investment but 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 it could be right like steph curry he's one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball like the warriors could legitimately be a title contender again if they go back to playing their best basketball but we we just don't know there's so much uncertainty there and that's that's the struggle
0: That's a fair point, and it's hard to tell because Curry goes back, he's healthy, Clay will be healthy, Draymond will be in the mix. I believe they still have Wiggins who could fit a great role for them, and he could elevate his brand once again and have those defining moments and sneakers that make them sell because I think when you look at defining moments, to me, I remember the Curry ones and twos and those defining moments, but after that, I don't remember nearly as much besides the memes of the nurse shoes, the all-white lows, it's like having that defining moment is huge in a signature line. You look at LeBron, who doesn't have his own subsection, but Nike LeBron is basically its own brand. And you have all these moments that LeBron from the block shot or the stories they tell with the recent LeBron 7 MVPs, they tell all these different stories. But when you look at Curry's line, and maybe that's a, the team that was behind it at Under Armour, is going to try to take advantage of, and I think they need to take advantage of in order to propel this line to be what Michael Jordan's signature line is. Or Dwayne Wade's another case. I think that's just a business aspect that he understood later in his career that was going to help him out after being with Converse and Jordan brand, understanding the business of sneakers and kind of out of his prime Curry's in his prime and this is his time to really boost himself up. And maybe that was his leverage point, you know, after knowing, being with Under Armour, having a 2016 best-selling shoe, owning part of the company, signing this deal extension, saying maybe it's him betting on himself that this is make or break. This, This line can be much bigger than me based on my performance. And it gives him a little bit more motivation. I'm not sure, but it is an interesting investment from Under Armour.
1: That's a really great point on on Curry, but but I always struggle with like all right, how much does this matter if the shoe sucks? I don't know if you've seen the the Curry Eight that that is like allegedly about to be um, released. Like it, it's unofficially the Curry Eight. I think Nice Kicks tweeted it earlier this week, and it looks like an Allbird. How do you sell a shoe like this? A basketball shoe like this? Like how can you like part of the thing with Jordan brand, right? If, if this is what we have to compare it to, even the thing with Dwayne Wade and Way of Wade, those shoes are fun, at least. Like, there, there are specific things about the design that attract them to people. They draw people in, they're colorful, they are creative. There, there are a number of things about them, aside from the player, that attract the consumer. I just don't see that in, in Curry's line anymore. And and like you said, like the, the moments that we had with the Curry one and Curry two, I'll never forget those. I didn't personally like those shoes, but I just remember, I can remember Steph hitting a step back three on Matthew Dellavedova in the Curry one, right? Like that is a moment that I will never forget. And maybe like if they go back to the, the finals and have another one of these moments. Maybe Steph can give us that in the Curry 8. I just can't see the average 10-year-old middle school kid saying, Hey mom, I want this this Curry 8. It it just yeah. I don't know. It it just doesn't appeal to me. And that to me is Under Armour's biggest problem. Like their shoes are always going to perform well because they're a performance-based company. But it, it's it's not the performance that Sells the shoe to the consumer anymore? At least, not most consumers. It it's the aesthetic. It's it's the look, and and we just haven't seen that from from Under Armour, in so in such a long time.
0: What you say just makes me think we could be misinterpreting the strength that Under Armour thinks is here, because I would argue that Curry's traditional base is not so much the same base that goes likes LeBron or Kobe or KD. It's this new demographic that is the father-son combo that's sold through the Del Curry, Steph, Seth Curry story. It's the father who in has always worn Under Armour and that demographic and that audience and those younger kids that are enjoying the shoes. And it, maybe it's something Under Armour is understood because based on my experience in retail, I would say Of the people that were buying Curry shoes, it was a father and a son. Typically, it was of the white demographic purchasing that shoe. And maybe that's the potential that it goes down and is a market that hasn't been obtained. Because if you take a hard look at Jordan brand or Kobe, I think those stories have always resonated well with the black community and sold well in black communities, not saying they don't sell in the white community, but that audience has never been fulfilled in basketball. I mean, maybe Larry Bird had <laughs> his signature sneaker. I'm not sure, but maybe that's a demographic that Curry's subliminally hit that is very profitable in you know the global or grand scale of things. And I'm not too sure how curry's doing overseas but it could be performing really well in those foreign markets that we haven't factored in that's an interesting
1: point that i hadn't really thought about to be honest with you and and if that is the case then then maybe this works a lot better than i thought it would but but i'm also like i don't know what to to me it feels like how long will that sustain a thing like a curry brand mm-hmm. Like, is that something that is going to go 10, 15, 20 years down the line, like Jordan brand has? Like, does that last when those kids, those same kids grow up Yeah. and, and they don't want the same shoes that, that their dad was buying for them. That's not, that's not the the move that, that they want to make. Like they're getting roasted in school because, because they're wearing these shoes, right? Like, is that, is that something that, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that is something that. Sustains itself for for a while, but but I, I just don't know if it does, and and that I, I guess that's why I have so many so many questions about it.
0: Yeah, I just thought of, and I'm not sure if it can sustain itself. I think the the longer I extrapolate on it, I think of how Under Armour has Tom Brady and Bryce Harper, who are definitely a specific audience, and then they brought on Cam Newton for a very specific reason to capture another audience, and where that goes down the line is tough. And you never know where a signature line is going to go on. I'm sure Jordan brand wasn't anticipating every year how hyped and people continuing to buy Jordans, or even in this case, how strong the Kobe line has continued to be after, you know, the horrible events at the beginning of 2020. But even at the end of his career, Kobe continued to reconstruct his line. And I'm not sure curry's plans are with the curry line if it's staying just in basketball or if they're going to try to do things outside of the normal signature line that we haven't seen and move into a casual space or other space similar to jordan brand one thing that you
1: said actually earlier this week i thought was was brilliant is that like maybe they do end up expanding in the golf like that is steph curry's bag like he's a really good golfer he loves the sport and has made inroads with the the average golf fan. So like maybe you can make a performance-based curry line that's specific for maybe you can make one that's specific for golf. Maybe you can make one that's specific for, I don't know, walking or something like maybe maybe it just branches out into something that that we haven't really seen before and and maybe it doesn't prioritize basketball. Like they can play this in so many different ways, and 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 that I guess that that is the exciting part about it is that again, like we haven't really seen this. It's only been really Jordan and Dwayne Wade, and and really, I mean, really LeBron James, even though like technically not. Maybe this this kind of develops into something that we haven't really seen before, and it works out. I personally hope so because because I I do like Under Armour, and and I want the the space the the footwear space to be competitive so that these brands push each other and that we can all get access to the best things possible.
0: I'm curious down the line, it's a big unknown, but I've always wondered with signature athletes who have signature lines, it's never turned around for the other athletes behind them having their own signature. I think you look at like Jordan Brand and Dwayne Wade didn't really work out the way they expected to. Jordan Brand and Westbrook is still in this odd space. Jordan Brand and Zion seems like it has potential but it's still weird when a shoe is air jordan brand zion right 34 right right? even though the 34 isn't specifically his model like the steph curry to trey young if he left adidas or whatever it was it's always maybe it's an ego thing to see those players not want to sign under someone else's name for the longevity of the career, it's it's going to be curious and interesting to see how it unfolds if this actually gets signed and processed through.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's always been the thing with me for Jordan Brand is that like you can't, it's impossible to me to to brand yourself under somebody else's name. You're always going to be overshadowed by the Jumpman. You're always going to be overshadowed by whatever Steph Curry's logo is. D'Angelo Russell, like he's always going to be overshadowed by Dwayne Wade in way of weight if even if he has his own D'Angelo Russell signature shoe line it's like that's still a Dwayne Wade shoe <laughs> like you know and, and maybe maybe that's that's fun. like personally like I've seen a lot of really good player exclusives come from Jordan brand that have been from Jordan's main Jumpman line right like we we've seen a lot of really good Jordan 34s this year. Like Chris Paul always carries a good pair of Jordan 11s on him. But like to do that you're sacrificing the hey, I'm going to have the the Air Zion's or whatever. Like that's that's just a that's just an L that that you kind of have to take. And and I think some athletes are willing to live with that, others are not, but there there are pros and cons to it to me
0: most definitely. And as you say that I completely forgot that Chris Paul was a Jordan brand athlete with his own signature shoe. And that Mello was a Jordan brand athlete with a signature shoe for quite some time. And I think that falls to your argument where it just kind of falls under at a certain point because it's always about the brand more than it is about the player. And as we kind of speculate about the player, I wanted to pick your brain on. As we're recording this, the news has officially come out about Kobe week, which will be next week or a week and a half out just about what are your thoughts on this nike mamba kobe week rollout uh, that we've just learned about
1: a couple of things like i'm really excited to see kobe's being back first of all because i was really worried for a while that we may never see kobe bryant uh, kobe bryant shoe released again That was the extreme possibility. That was a a possibility that I didn't think Nike would ever go through with, especially considering how popular Kobe was even before his death. But it was definitely something that seemed like it was on the table because after he passed, we were supposed to get a number of Kobe releases and they just were kind of silent on it. And from there, I guess seeing... The actual shoes come back in in this eight twenty four jersey comeback are like this is an extremely cool moment for me, especially considering that like he's the first posthumous signature athlete to to ever exist, which is extremely unfortunate for us. And rest in peace, Kobe. But this is good. But then on the other hand, it's like, man, are y'all really going to release a limited edition eight twenty four jersey? Like, <laughs> right. That's kind of weird. We already have seen Kobe fans go through this moment where, like, they don't know if they're gonna ever be able to buy a Kobe Bryant signature shoe outside of a a getting lucky at a Nike outlet, which which sucked. But then, like, you have this this limited edition jersey. We don't know if the shoes are gonna be limited in in quantity. If they are actively encouraging resellers to to come. And buy these things up by limiting the stock, then it's like that feels gross to me. Like that's problematic, in my opinion. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. They haven't explicitly said that about the sneakers. The jersey will will definitely be limited, but if if that ends up being the case with the sneakers, then I I'll be disappointed.
0: First wanna say hats off to Nike. And I think they gave it a appropriate time and respected his legacy by canceling those releases that were supposed to happen. The following days afterwards, I think they've thought it uh, through on how they wanted to continue the legacy, or if they wanted to, and probably touch base with his foundation and his wife and things of that nature. Because it is an odd spot to be in, as you mentioned, post-Thomas athlete with a signature line up and going. Yeah, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. That more likely than not, seeing that they're working with undefeated and Nike EYBL in colorways that are traditionally very limited as that first release. And then the limited jersey is a, it's an odd thing. I think they've known what they're going to do for some time now. I think they had enough time to create supply. I'm almost positive. It's going to be difficult to get based on the supply that they have and the people who want the shoes and who struck out and want to remember Kobe's legacy. I think the intentions are fantastic. I think the story is excellent. I think the execution seems a bit sloppy at the moment. And maybe that's because I don't understand the back end process of creating five colorways and finding the right supply based on demand and not wanting them to sit and tarnish the reputation. But I think there's someone in that office that is smart enough to know there's very little chance that these were to sit in any regards.
1: I don't think there's any way that that would be a negative for, for Kobe's line and for Nike in general. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but if you like, let's say they, they do end up flooding the market on this. I don't know if there's I I don't know if there's a quantity that they can produce that people wouldn't buy a, of this shoe. First of all, because people love Kobe, people miss Kobe. when, the shoe, when they first pulled their shoes off of the site, like people were super upset for months at a time because they couldn't act, but go on the internet and and buy a Kobe Bryant shoe. So, like, I don't think that we would end up in a scenario where these shoes wouldn't eventually sell out, even if there's a, a bigger number of them produced. And and to me, even if they they there were some pairs that that sat, like, let's say there were like. I, I think that it would be much more important for Nike for Kobe's legacy that his fans just have that access to to be able to to buy a, a Kobe Bryant shoe whenever they want it, instead of having to to wait and and to go on the secondary market and and pay you know five hundred six hundred dollars for for a Kobe shoe. At any time, like I, I just feel like it would be more beneficial if you know you play it safe, produce a lot. Maybe everybody doesn't buy it up, but that's okay. They'll come back. Like they're gonna come back.
0: And under the scope too is whoever may be listening to this or reading the Kicks You Wear newsletter is that we are interested in sneakers and we always think in this small sneaker centric. But fans of Kobe's is very much bigger than who are interested in the sneakers. And I guarantee that there's a whole new generation who truly just learned what Kobe was about during his career after his unfortunate death and his daughter's death as they went back and looked at these highlights and saw the killer that Kobe was because kids that are 12 now or 13 now there's no chance they saw the 81-point game, right? There's no chance they remember the finals without Shaq or the finals with Shaq. That's a huge fan base that's also wants to get the shoes. And we understand, hey, if Kobe's are coming out on this day at 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern, whatever it may be, we know we have to be on the site right away to get them. But all of those other fans you have to think about, are mildly interested in Kobe and think his shoes are cool and would love to have their hands on a pair have no chance because they don't know how complex the sneaker buying process has begun. And that's kind of, that's sad, right? Because someone who is in love with him and doesn't know much about it and can't get the shoes because they're trying to continue to tell the story and keep the hype around it, I think is where that execution could fail if it is in limited supply and everyone's striking out and everyone's talking about Ls on sneakers because in some cases the true fans may have never even had a chance because of those people looking to profit and flip these for two to three times the price are going to get their hands on it.
1: Right, and and that's the thing that turns so many people off about the sneaker game even aside from the Kobe situation like the, every every single weekend there are people who, you know, see a good Jordan or see a good Dunk release coming down the line and, and say, hey, I'm going to try to get that this weekend. And they go on the sneakers app or, or wherever they go and try to buy the shoe. And it's going in two seconds. And they're like, well, I'm never doing this again. And so you, you bring that here with everything that's happened with, with Kobe's line. And if you put people in that situation, especially people who, you know, they're not fans of Sneakers they're not just here for the shoes, they're here for Kobe. they're gonna be upset that's That's just a bad look like I don't think anybody wants to see that and and to me, like the way to avoid that would to be not limiting anything on this release like I think that's just a mistake, like you said, the execution to this point seems flawed and and maybe you know once the the week gets here and the shoes drop, maybe there's a system in place or maybe there there is there are enough pairs to go around but right now it just i don't know this 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 doesn't this doesn't seem right
0: and i I think my final words are one actually this reminds me like the prelude pack where they're dropping them sequentially where it's going to be the same people all those five days or four days trying to get the product but even if it's these special colorways i would love to see the opportunity for a limited edition thirty-six hour nike id of the kobe in whatever color you want create your story in kobe's model remember kobe in the way you want to and have that moment like we did with the mamba ids on his final game that are you know for me they're still sitting in my closet and i wanted to wear them but i don't think i'll get to it until the time is right and creating that own story i think it would be phenomenal for nike to utilize nike or nike by you i guess now to tell that story for the demand that's out there it's a win-win for everyone you get the pairs you want if you want the select colorways you can get them i just hope down the road that the kobe line is becomes accessible to those who really want them and they don't continue down a road of hype and exclusivity if that's the way it goes maybe we're completely wrong and i hope we're completely wrong but right now it just seems it just seems unfortunate on on the rollout
1: i will say that um that Nick DePaula actually tweeted earlier when you know they announced the the Mamba Week that Nike's ultimate plan with the Kobe is is to release pairs continuously in the future so that people do have access to them. I don't know if that means that you know there'll be non hype pairs dropped, but but it it sounded like it to me, which gave me a bit of reassurance, but but I don't know. I'm I'm in wait and see mode still
0: with that. We've covered the Curry line. We've co- covered Kobe. We've made our predictions. You guys can hold us to it. Hopefully we're wrong in both accounts and the Curry line is a success. Kobe releases a success. But Mike, thanks for hopping on. Let the listeners know what you're up to and how to find you.
1: You all can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on literally every platform at Mike D. Sykes. Go subscribe to my newsletter. That's at kyw.substack.com. It's called the kicks you wear. I write about sneakers and all of the various intersections that come with them. I'm actually doing a piece on the um the future of the Kobe line for this later this week or or maybe Monday. I don't know. I'm doing it. You'll see it if you go on the site. <laughs> yeah, just just subscribe.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate your time. All of his notes and links will be in the description. I proudly say go check them out on all social. If you don't have a Twitter, get a Twitter. View his profile on Thursdays when you're seeing the community of Kixiwear sharing their sneakers and breaking out stuff you haven't seen in a while, which is always a great time, and I have fun on those Thursdays. So with that being said, I appreciate your guys' time, and thanks for listening.